0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Ho, ho, ho. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Christmas edition of Talking Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Pat Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in audio side, video side. Appreciate y'all. Today is Friday, December twenty third, twenty twenty two. I am joined Casual Friday, as always, by my good friend, co host Cover One Buffalo Podcast, Aaron Quinn. Yes, uh, well, you certainly, if you're watching this on the YouTube side, anyway, you're uh, you're looking it. You're feeling Christmas.
2: You ready for Christmas? Weather and all. I'm Mr. Christmas, man. No matter what, nothing's going to stop me from enjoying it. And if anything, as long as this upcoming storm here, people don't know a huge storm about to hit basically half of the entire U.S. And Buffalo's like kind of right in the middle of it. And so if this mm-hmm. big storm hits, as long as you know people aren't losing power or put in a real dangerous situation, like people do not you know, the traveling's a real concern this weekend. But luckily for my family, we aren't traveling here. Um, we have people traveling after the holiday uh, so it could be nice if you just want to buckle down and watch some Christmas movies. That's what I'm hoping for is where it's a storm and the worst of it that they're talking about really doesn't hit anyone with any significance. That could be nice. But a, a storm was about the only thing that could ruin if the power goes out and I got to like, you know, keep my family warm and negative temperatures. That could probably be the one thing that could ruin a Christmas weekend. But other than that, man, I'm full vibed Christmas spirit ready to go.
1: Thursday, so we take this Thursday morning and shortly, yeah. long, not long before we uh, got the cameras rolling here. I did see a blizzard advisor. So that word blizzard is now officially
2: part of the equation here. And yeah, Buffalo is uh, in that map of blizzards. Like basically, if you were on the east side of water right now, like on the lakes, you're going to get hammered with some snow. Whatever part of the Great Lakes it is, you're going to get hammered with something.
1: Buffalo, the bills are leaving today, Thursday. Yeah. To go to Chicago a day early, and that's right? only like a what
2: two hour flight, hour and forty minute flight to Chicago from here. That's um, not long. No, it's not. No, it's no, it's not a long flight at all. It
1: just, I mean, it would have only been a walk through anyway on Thursday because we play on Saturday. But still, I mean, you know, you out of whack a little bit. But this team is used to, uh, I think, you know, not being able to practice and. You know, you use that word adversity a lot, but it, it's true with the Bills. I mean, weather-wise, yeah. they've had to overcome a lot of adversity. So, this is not something that's new to them, no. so to speak. Uh, no. we'll, we'll talk some Buffalo Bills in a little bit. But yeah. like I said, it's uh, two days as you're listening to
2: this before Christmas. Um, so, yeah, you said it was casual Friday, Pat. I'm still yeah. kind of in my pajamas. Like, I you rolled you out of bed. Are. I wore this all kind of like <laughs> you took You took casual
1: Friday to heart, man. Yeah, I it, like it.
2: Right man. now, man. Well, you know, I got the little kids now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like prime Christmas, right? Like I don't think my uh, oldest has much magic Christmas. For people left.
1: listening, how old are your kids, though?
2: So my oldest is going to be seven uh, here mm-hmm. this winter. So he's teetering on the edge of six, uh, and then the other one's four. He just turned four uh, this fall, and so. Um, the little guy's just kind of figuring out the whole Santa vibe last year. He didn't quite get it. Now he's like right knee deep in the magic of Christmas. Totally gets everything. Actually, uh, the fire department was running through the neighborhood last night and they were like doing their tubs and they freaked out. They heard that Santa was coming and we rushed everybody out. We got our candy canes. Like they were, they're knee deep in the magic. And my oldest though, teetering on seven, he's got some buddies at school that I think are putting some stuff already in his head and he's coming home questions he's still in the magic we do the elf on the shelf we do a lot of the movies he's still got the innocence and believes in it he knows that he's gonna try to stay out for santa but that's not long i realized this year like man i had from basically four years old to six or seven years old that's like the window and after after six you can't protect them anymore man once they're out in that elementary school vibe there's going to be some kid with an older brother or something somebody there's too much strays out there and so for parents any parents listening or if you're an expecting or want to have kids man uh i don't regret i spent so much time with my kids i have no regrets but i'm really feeling my back against the wall in like the magical christmas making those core fundamental memories is now dude and it's quick
1: You're with your older one anyway. Yeah. You're at the tail end of that magic
2: window. You know, when they going to be fun, he's still going to like Christmas is always fun. But like the magic, the sweet spot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When they're younger than that, they just look around dumbfounded. Mm -hmm. And I remember which, God, it feels like a lifetime ago. My kids being really, really young and, you know, you'd buy them presents and they were more interested in the wrapping paper and the boxes than they are the toys. They don't get, the they get concepts. They don't. The movies right, don't make right, sense. Right, right. And, yes. and then they get to you know, to like I said, your age, your kids' age, where you kind of got that magic window. Then they they're get older.
2: The, they sing the songs themselves now. Like they know yeah. the songs and they're like humming them in their heads. Like they they, <laughs> they are part of the Christmas spirit now.
1: Yeah, but then they get older, and then it becomes about. I don't want to say greed, because kids don't know, really know any better. Yeah, but yeah, man, want they, want, they, they want they want the expensive shit. You know, yeah. you can't get away with. uh with the kitty gifts anymore. So yes. then now
2: you're getting into going broke every year for and Christmas. You, there's pressure to keep up. I think yeah. at a certain age, you start to Absolutely. develop some pressure to keep up with everybody else. We don't have that right now, which is really nice, which makes, you know, and that's why I think some people push back on me about Christmas. And I think different life situations make you feel differently about Christmas. Right. And so I do want to respect that. Some people have teenagers and those teenagers have pressure to get gifts. I'm like, that can feel frustrating. We're not there Absolutely. yet. I'm still in a real innocent spot. I can go to Dollar Tree and fill my kid's stocking for like 12 bucks and he's going to have the best day of his life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that's part of that sweet spot. Where yeah. I'm talking about, like that magical spot. Yeah. They get older and then it becomes more stressful and like I said, pressure to keep up with what the other kids are getting and stuff like that. And, and that can be difficult. You know, it's funny. I still remember this to this day, dude. I, I mean, I've been around five decades now and I could go back to being like maybe 10 years old. And I'll never forget this. My parents did the best they could, you know, mm-hmm. like most parents yeah. every year, decent Christmases, you know, the, the room was full of gifts. And, but one year I, I think maybe my dad got laid off. I don't know. I don't know what the whole financial situation was, but I do know my parents were broke that year. Yeah. And, it was a year that I wanted an Atari and I did not get it and be, I don't know, like I said, 10, 11 years old, punk ass, little selfish kid. Don't understand shit. Yeah. And I'll never forget it, man. I, cause I made my mother cry. I said, that's it. Like at the end, cause yeah. I didn't get, you know, it was one of those years. Like I said,
2: where you're just a kid. You got a lot room. of cheap yeah. shit,
1: lots of socks, underwear, cheap toys, <laughs> yep. things like that. Things I might've had already or variations of them. And I wanted an Atari. That was the only thing on my mind. And I didn't get it, and I looked at my mom, and I pretty much said, "That's it," and I'll never forget it, dude. She didn't instantly cry, but like you could see the, it welling popping, up yeah. in her, and you can and feel it, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Since yeah. then, even as a you know a a mid teenager, and through my entire adulthood, I've been gun shy about wanting to get gifts I mean people always say you oh, don't got to give me nothing especially when you get older and you know you're getting your kids everything and they're like well, what, do, what do you want I'm like, I don't want nothing get it, get it for the yeah. kids whatever yeah. but I, I like legit mean that because I still feel guilt because i have kid Patrick looking at his mother saying that's it when I didn't get an Atari that year.
2: that's how disappointed that's- I was and selfish yeah. I was at the time You know, we, I have a little personal, like my family was probably on the lower side of middle-class most of my life, like they didn't make great financial decisions. And now that I'm an adult seeing probably how bad it probably was worse than I knew as a kid, like they made it feel, we tried to keep up with stuff with people. Uh, And I'd never really felt I, as a kid left out at Christmas, but now that I look back on it, like my parents probably significantly stressed themselves to do yeah. some of the stuff like i my dad like fought his way through walmart to get me a nintendo 64 one year and like the amount of gratitude i had for it was more expected because i asked for it and that that's like kind of, now that i'm a parent that i would tell call my kids spoiled for that type of attitude and try not sure. to have my kid do that so uh that's another thing as a you know you become a parent you realize you look back on some of that stuff and it's like wow you know i have a lot of resentment towards my parents and, and i could go off a whole podcast about that but the fact that they Probably didn't weren't in a situation to do the things they were doing, did it for me so that I could have that, and it's same it's uh when you look back on it, you're more grateful as you age for sure
1: yeah, no no question about it, and again, people listening, people watching it's a cliche thing to say, but it's true, man. you don't stress so much about what's under the tree. be grateful for the people that are around the tree. Again, I know it's like,
2: "Eh." we try to tell people, man, my my wife and I don't want anything. We're adults now and we're like, we can go on Amazon and get the things that we really need to get. And so like when people ask me what I want, it's like one, I have two, I have a very small home. So I don't want more stuff. And so like that, there's another stress to that. When people get you too much stuff, it's nice. Honestly, I want to spend some time with people. I want you to know that I care and spend time with our kids and things like that. Like that's what I want the holidays to be, but get the kids, whatever, like we run through, they'll break stuff. Like we'll go through all the stuff, let them have their magic. But like as adults, we're really just exchanging like 50 bucks. At a time, right? Like, my brother and I talked about it uh, last yeah, year, yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. We're like, dude, let's freaking knock it off because we're just going 50 bucks back and forth each way. Who cares? Right. Save your 50 bucks. Give us a call. it's FaceTime or something. Like, that's all we need. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> that's so true, too. When you get to a certain age and you're buying certain gifts for people, you're pretty much out just saying, oh, right, I'm spending 50 on you. You're spending yeah. 50 on me or whatever it may be. Let's just. Yeah. Let's just save that. You know, it's funny too, because with my kids, again, this is such a difference. And it's and I've told you this before on previous podcasts. I get a little you sometimes because you're going through the process. You're just starting the process now yeah. with raising your kids, and they're going to be getting into stuff and things like that. And one of the things is Christmas every year. And now my kids, my daughter is older; like she, she lives with her boyfriend, so I, my daughter doesn't live here. My yeah. son, I still live with my son, but. This is the first year, and I've been saying it probably since he was 14, 15. I'm like, you're not going to get all this shit this year for Christmas. It's going to be a practical Christmas. You're going to get a lot of clothes and things you can use. This is the first year where that's true. Yeah, He's 20. He j- literally just turned 20 yesterday, actually, on uh on Wednesday. Um, but this is the first year I go through his gifts. He ain't going to be listening to this so he don't give a shit. Yeah, but It's all, it's all clothes. Like, I some sneakers and, and joggers and you know, you know s- some shirts and shit like that. All clothes. No electronics. First time ever with him. He may
2: not appreciate that yet, like yeah, he, he does, be though. appreciated this year but there's gonna be a, a point where that turns for him and he'll see because like now that's actually the things that i want the most are the socks and the underwear yeah. like, so like, like i used to make fun of my dad because like that's what his mom would get him every freaking year yeah. with more socks and underwear and like now i'm at that age where it's like I, I guess i could just use some more of that some wool socks some like warm clothes things like that that i just run through you know That's funny.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I said earlier that I don't, I always say I don't want anything for Christmas. That's not true. Actually, I I say socks
2: all the time socks, underwear, or pajamas. Bill stuff. Bill stuff. I can now, I'm a sucker. Give me some Bill stuff. I can have anything with a Bill's logo. I'm in. (laughs) That's funny.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, Aaron, Christmas, on a serious though. I love Christmas. Obviously, I know you love Christmas too. Big time. I I love it again. I, I went through a long stretch where I hated Christmas. Because and especially on this date, um, so today where people are listening to this anyway on December 23rd. On December 23rd, oh, not to be Debbie down here, but I, I mean, I have to say this December mm-hmm. 23rd, 1990, I was just a teenager. My, my father died two days before Christmas on uh, this date, and it's so for many years, Christmas was very difficult for me. I, I don't want to talk about that Christmas and maybe the one or two Christmases after that one of, if not the darkest time of my life, man. And I used to dread this time of year and it wasn't until two things. Um, one, I I met who would become my wife that changed the game, you know, and gave me something much more positive to look for. And ironically, I ended up proposing to her. I, um, trying to think nine years, 10 years to the date of, of my dad dying, same date. um, I think it was ten, not nine. It was nine or ten, but anyway. Point were you being, romantic about it? Um, no, mine wasn't. I wish, uh, I'd, yeah. I'd like a redo. Actually, Wouldn't it was you? really? It was corny. Mine was not even. I'll tell you quickly. Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, no. uh, it, it was. So I was a bartender a long time ago, and a full time bartender. I bet mean, you were good at that. I was very good at it. Yeah, you're good. Um, you I did, I
2: can carry a conversation. I drank too much
1: though. I bet I drank way too much. Oh I, yeah, you can't drink. I had a reputation yeah, yeah, for no, being no. yo. Know, you want to drink it when Pat's working, come behind the bar and make it yourself. Because <laughs> by halfway through this shit, dude's going to be fucked up. <laughs> yeah. but, but anyway, I proposed um, at the bar on a Friday night. It was karaoke. My wife, I met my wife. She came to the bar and, and sang karaoke. And, my, and she, phenomenal singer. I mean, she was in band. She's What song? What's, um, what's the first song you heard her sing? Mary J. Know. Blige, Not Gonna Cry. Hey, she's got some really good musical taste. That, that, that was one of her go to songs. Oh, yeah. But anyway, what she, she used to cross, uh, Celine Dion's theme from Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I knew, I knew, I'm not going to get into my whole history of my relationship with her, but I will say I knew that I was going to propose. I wanted to propose relatively early. So I planned it. It was for our AJs. That was the bar I worked at Christmas party. She sang karaoke. And when she was done, everybody, Everyone knew except her, including, I, I mean, I did the right thing. I talked to her father and got his permission. Her, her sister and, and her uh, boyfriend at the time were at the bar, so they knew what was going on. But anyway, she sang. You know how it is when karaoke, some people pay attention, other people just drinking you know, at the bar. Everyone kind of, like, worked their way towards her it's because everybody knew a proposal was coming after the song. So anyway, I went up there, and then, I don't remember, I grabbed the microphone, I... Honestly, don't really remember what I said. It was pretty corny. Anyway, I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't call that a romantic proposal. Proposing in front of everybody, all your friends, and a bunch of drunks and patrons and strangers at a bar and putting someone on the spot, probably not (laughs) the best proposal ever. But uh, So anyway, that's what I did. Meeting her and and, uh, that happening helped me get over it. And then obviously having children has changed the game because Christmas became more about them. And really brought back a lot of the joy. But yeah, man, for for a long time it was really tough. I was I was 19 years old when when my dad died, and it wasn't from cancer. That, I mean. Yeah, thank you. It wasn't from cancer. You know, it wasn't a long illness. It was he uh, had a brain aneurysm. I mean, it was instant. Uh, like you know, you you go you go to your buddy's house one one moment, you come back
2: and boom. Honestly, that's like my biggest. Fear. I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, and there's like certain things that are totally out of your control, and like strokes and brain aneurysms and things like that. Especially like the older you get, the more likely it is that you can suffer one. Like the probability just increases. I'm so sorry to hear that, man. Man, Yeah, man.
1: Thank you. I am a hypochondriac too. It's funny because my uh, my dad died. He was 41. So the whole year, I'm well past 41 now. When I was 41, anytime if I got a headache, anything. I was like, I got to go to the doctor. They, that's I, how I am. I'm the same way. Yep. And I was 19 mm-hmm. when my dad died. So my son, who he literally just turned 20 on mm-hmm. Wednesday. So I was like, please, man, let me don't. I don't want my son to be 19 no. years old when I die. But now he's 20. So I feel like I'm going to live forever. So I, yeah. I, I feel good. But anyway, point being is Christmas was tough for me. I loved Christmas as a kid, except for, like I said, I kind of ruined it one year with my mother. And then, uh. It, it was fun again, and then it sucked for a lot of years, but but now it's fun with this weather aside. So, obviously, you're with your family here in Buffalo, and you're not from Buffalo. You're ready to hunker down if this weather gets as bad as they say it may be. I had no Christmas plans anyway. Like, it was just going to be the family here at the house. Christmas Eve, supposed to go to my wife's sister's house, family gathering, and that's in Orchard Park on Saturday. But I don't know, man. This weather might – uh have some say in that. It, it's supposed yeah. to get, I got a feeling it's going to be really bad. By the way, we were talking about this before we went on the air. Three fucking times before Christmas now. Major weather here in Buffalo. What the hell is going on? I yeah. I like Buffalo. I don't miss Florida often. I miss Florida right now, though. I'm yeah, but you get
2: major weather in Florida. Not um, like this. Yeah, you do. It's hurricanes. Nah. Hurricanes
1: <sighs> are not worse. On the side, Not on the side. Uh, well, you know what? I was going to say not on the side where we lived on
2: the Tampa side, but that's not true because not actually... True. We got one more, in 2017.
1: Yeah. We got one this year.
2: Extreme weather is becoming more common everywhere. I'm not going to sure. get into the whys. People can get to argue out the sort that out themselves. That's a good episode maybe for Buffalo wins to figure out why the extreme weather is coming, but <laughs> it is happening. Like no matter who you are, or where you're, where you're from, dude, I've lived in Buffalo for 10 years. Those first five, six years, we did not get anything near what we have gotten over the last three years. Within yeah. the last, like, three years, dude, I had a m- the major uh, rain event, like, a spring ago, a couple springs ago, where my entire yard was flooded, and I called plumbers, everyone's water. Like, everybody's basements were flooded, we had more rain in, like, per hour than we've ever received, like, and those aggressive, like, super rains are more common now in the uh, spring. We've had more wind since the last football season, all this This time last year, every game Greg and I talked about, we were talking about, oh, there's some anomaly weather event that's going to be happening, whether it was the Mm -hmm. win game uh, with the Patriots or even that wild card game against the Patriots was like negative 11 with wind chill and 30 to 40 mile an hour gusts. Like that happened all winter long. I remember having to take all my flags down and take like things were just blowing all over my street all winter long. And it just seems to be heading in that direction more and more. What I will say is I think this area, whoops, sorry about that. Um, My phone started going live here. Um, We're not live. No, we're not live, but me and you were just talking live. But yeah, um, what I will say is this area is better prepared, even in the generational type storms that we continuously get, which again, we can probably talk about the term generational being thrown around every other weekend now. Uh, But our town services here in the north towns are fantastic. My roads will be cleared. Um, they do a good job clearing the trees off the lines in the spring. So we're relying on that to keep the power on. I did finally break down. I told you offline. I broke down and finally got a generator just in case. Because I do have a young family. I want to make sure I can stay in my house. Get some heat source into my house. You know, Keep my fridge going. Keep food for everybody. So I did buckle down and buy a generator that we probably can't afford. But I do think that's the new normal here. I think we're going to get storms where it's 60 mile an hour or up to 60 mile an hour gust is going to be more common i think these uh lake effect moving lake effect bands like over the last couple of years we've seen in the north town some lake effect snow which i never got the first five six years we lived here not once we don't get a lot of it but if you can see those bands are starting to move and be wider and bigger and I'm not a weather nerd. And I know if anyone's listening, I'll probably hear about it in the YouTube comments, but it seems like it's just more significant more often. And uh, we should probably stop calling every single one of them generational and just say this is the new norm.
1: It is becoming the new norm. I'll tell you what, last summer or last winter, I should say, it was my first year back in Buffalo after yeah. being gone for six years. It was terrible. It was cold. It was very, very cold and it was windy. I remember bitching in my friend all the time. I was like, what are we living in fucking Chicago right now? I mean, Chicago's a windy city. I'm like, is Buffalo like the new Chicago? It's already been the same so far this year. And, and like I said, this is the third time where you get throw in a lot of a lot of snow. And it's not even Christmas yet, man. It's just uh you're right. Maybe maybe it it, it is the new norm. Um, one more thing, and then I want to talk about the bills. Th- but this does involve a bills player. Um, before we talk like actual bills, I want to acknowledge something, man. I I was thinking about this the last couple of days. Seen that video on on YouTube um with Stefan Diggs and that young fan um Aiden who who lost well, I mean that others. must have
2: hit super for you right um, yeah yeah
1: uh, here's what I want to say Stefan Diggs might be my favorite player on the, not just on this team he's becoming one of my favorite Bills players of all time and I'm and he's only been here not even 3 years now man and yeah. I'm not even talking about him on the field I love watching him play on the field he's such a great wide receiver but everything that we heard before Stephon Diggs came to Buffalo screened diva and he it'll be fine as long as he gets the football 11 times a game but who knows what kind of behavior he's gonna have what a bunch of bullshit that's turned out to be and because i'm gonna tell you man this dude he's amazing and then a lot of stuff we see on twitter or social media and a lot of stuff you don't even hear about that he does behind the scenes for so many people man um yeah. that video and if you haven't watched i don't have it here like i can't load it up on the show today, but a, a young Bills fan lost his father over the past year. How old is this kid, Aaron? Maybe I don't know, seven, eight. Yeah, he's, he's not old. Young, older. Kid. young he, kid. Not, he's much not ten yet. Kid. He's younger no. than ten. I know yeah. that for sure. Yep. yep. Um, he lost his dad suddenly and tragically, mm-hmm. and uh, he went to training camp. to Stephon learned about him, and Stephon spent some time with him. Yeah. You know, talk to him. It was it, the the video went viral. It, it was just awesome to see. And then sometimes, you know, with some players you see a great moment and then you never hear about it again well anyway just uh this past home game he brought him to the home game and then he went up to him and again this is on video and hugged the kid and he gave him sneakers Custom, with yeah. uh him, him and his father and it just it got me man you know i got teary-eyed i'm not gonna lie about it it's just uh what an incredible thing to do man you know yeah i think, he didn't have to do that it's just nah. such a good fucking dude i I, I'm such a Stefan Diggs fan as much for things I see him do
2: and say off the field as I am on. Love this guy, man. I, uh, I'm uh, i pretty sure there's audio somewhere in one of your podcasts. You don't have to go back. We have too much audio probably to find it. Where I, told, I said to you, I think the Stefan Diggs trade was the best trade in franchise history. Yeah, I think so too, man. I, I really do. do. I really do, and there's some significant trades in franchise. Yeah, the Bennett, the Bennett the trade Sorry. is
1: right there, but this this trade, and it's funny it because
2: Josh's trajectory, which is yeah. that's, I mean, this this team right now, whether or not they get to a Super Bowl or win a Sh- Super Bowl, I think even in comparison to those '90s teams, I think this is the best assembled team we've ever had. Yeah, right now, yes. when healthy,
1: agreed. I agree with you. And this and, is, and I'm old enough. Changed. And I'm old enough to not even just be a little yeah. youngster. I'm old enough no, to man. to have know been knowledgeable history. of those yeah. Super Bowl teams. And I go I do agree with you, man. Yeah. It's oh, you know. He has,
2: here's the other thing about Steph Diggs, dude. Like, and I, there's no way to quantify this and it's gonna sound corny, like I'm riding his jock or whatever, but like some dudes are just cool as hell. Some yes. dudes are just like everything they do is fucking cool. And yeah. even like, dude, Stefan Diggs, I think his fashion is weird as hell. I don't understand it at all. But only he can do that stuff. It's like Jordan in the 90s. He could wear those funky pants that were like up to his belly button. And they're just big and baggy like Hammer pants out in public. No one else could pull that off. Him and MC Hammer. That's it. And Hammer looked like he was dressing up. Some dudes are just so cool. It doesn't matter what they do. It just looks cool as hell. And you know, is one of them dudes.
1: Real quick. I will say this too. The, The teams in the 90s, they were great teams. This team's a great team, but they're also so much. I, it's just there's so they're much more people. like they're better they're li- people. They're they're likable. Now, in fairness to this team, when you do a good deed like Stefan does, or a lot of Josh Allen. I mean, we see it every week. He brings someone down from the stands, and he's chilling with. It this, gets captured. Yeah. Getting some fans, it gets captured. Yeah, there's a lot of there's stuff the like other side of the coin there,
2: it. though. For those '90s guys, is that the is other true. stuff gets captured too? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah,
1: no question <laughs> about it. But trust me when I tell you, they're probably glad Twitter wasn't yes, around because they the good stuff that wasn't captured. That pales in comparison to some of the other stuff. They should be glad yeah. um, that wasn't captured. One other thing, too, real, real quick. How often can you say a trade happens where? And I agree, with everyone's you, a winner. Stephon Diggs, greatest yeah. trade the Bills have ever made. Well, if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, you might be saying the same thing right now yeah, because you got just you got Justin Jefferson out of the deal. That's the greatest trade we ever made. It is. It's I such mean, a it's... such a great win win for both teams. Very I, I, I love to see that. Anyway, let's take a real quick break and come back. We'll preview this game a little bit and then we're going to get to our medal stand we're going right back to christmas we're gonna we're gonna award medals for our favorite christmas songs and our favorite christmas movies of all time be right back
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Sports fans who like to wager, which is pretty much everyone these days. I'm here to tell you about odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is OddsTrader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them. You're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting the underdogs or profiting the most if you're going to go with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the books to get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, the Odds Trader app gives you the player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. OddsTrader also has a bet tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're into betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. Again, that's OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, I'm back here with Aaron Quinn, cover one, just two days before Christmas. All right, so the bills, the weather obviously could always be the the great equalizer. I don't care what two teams are playing. Weather could be to an extent. But uh, to an extent,
2: sure. Josh Allen. I used to believe that Josh Allen is weatherproof, dude. I'm saying it everywhere I can. <laughs> well, I've seen this new play like, and you're talking about the people that touch the ball the most, right? Yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure.
1: I well, weather, yeah. weather aside, though, here, here, here's the deal. I want to look past the Bears. I really do. They're what are they? Yeah. Three and ten? Three and eleven? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. They, are. they got three. I know they got three wins this year. They've yeah. been competitive. they they've had their moments. Justin Fields kind of has had a sort of josh allen 2019 season where he does a lot of dumb things but he man he makes some really great places i mean running the ball he's been fantastic but anyway i want to look past the chicago bears right now they just beat miami we're on a high from that we know they got a big game coming up the week after that but i'm gonna tell you the houston texans over the past two weeks even though they fell short both times they uh they prevent me from totally sleeping on the bears because I'm like Houston, Texas, the one win Houston, Texas. Well, the one win Houston, Texas two weeks ago, almost went into Dallas or they went into Dallas and they nearly Dallas literally escaped. And then last week playing the Kansas city chiefs, they took the chiefs to overtime. And quite frankly, they should have won that game. Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of that game. So you look at a shitty team like Houston, you know, going toe for toe any given week with, with Dallas and, and Kansas City back-to-back weeks. That kind of has me pumping the brakes at least a little bit on,
2: on you know looking past the Chicago Bears. You know what's good about that, though, uh, is Sean McDermott showing the Bills those examples, right? Mm-hmm. Of recent teams yeah, yeah. where they've gone in and they didn't play their A game. And do you think they're going to prioritize being focused, right? I, I said this on our show Last night, uh, Wednesday night, had my brother on. He's a big Bears fan. So I do know the Bears pretty well. Um, I talk to him all the time. He lives in Connecticut. I live up here, so we only communicate over the phone. Uh, But we talk all the time about the Bears. And I do think that Josh Allen touching the ball that much more. Like, I've seen him do it. Like, I'm not worried about the weather and the situation that he's going to go in. Even if they sleep on this team, the Bills have so much more talent than the Chicago bears, they should go and just suffocate them in all three phases of this game. It should be as easy as it looks on paper. And it's all that is to me is preparation and focus. And granted, there's some the the, probably the biggest disadvantage of the weather is this early travel for the bills, right? Like is disrupting treatments for guys that maybe needed one more extra treatment so that they could play on a shorter week on Saturday on a really cold field. That might be something where, Maybe they don't activate a few guys for this game, and that could bite them in the butt. But minus
1: eleven field field temperature, meaning the
2: field it's going to feel like it's minus. It's in 11. Chicago. It's going to be tundra, right? like That's going to yeah. hurt. You've fallen on hard, yeah, winter soil. Like that doesn't feel good. So there's some of that. And field, I, the one thing about this Bears team, they aren't. When you watch them, they're not giving up. Even when they're out of games, like they're playing like it's a bunch of rotational players. That's why they're not good. That's why they're not winning. It's depth dudes at major positions, but they're not giving up. So there's that. They are going to stay in a game. They're going to play hard. They're going to try to put some good film out there. That can be dangerous. And teams like the Eagles and the Bills and the Chiefs, when they roll into town, man, that's the stage for these guys. You personally know some of these guys that are kind of hanging out in the rotational area of the NFL where they're a rotational player. Getting sure. film on against the Bills, oh, yeah. that matters, man. So everyone's giving you the best shot. So there is that's why the every given Sunday matters. The the coaches are saying, like, look, everybody's hyping up this Bills team. They think they're gonna come in and roll over you guys. You know, punch them in the face. I think the Bills can withstand that, man. We've seen it that we haven't seen this big of a separation on paper between the Bills and an opponent all year long. The Bills have had a difficult schedule. The worst team they probably played was the Patriots, and the Patriots are probably 3 4 times better than this Bears roster right now. And so I do I think they just need to come out and establish who is the better team. Understand that they got to get through this game because the the next week not look forward to the Bengals. I'm looking forward to it. The, the team doesn't, but they do need to be conservative in their approach of preparing for that Bengals game because that's going to if you're going to win home field, man, it's a must win for that Bengals game,
1: right? If if there's a if there's a game all season where I think coaching and preparation matters It's probably none more so than this game, despite the fact that they're playing probably like you said on paper, the least talented team, because you just, you can't look forward yeah. to the and Bengals
2: fields, fields can explode some plays. Yeah. I'll like, tell you what, man. I, I thought this dude was a bum. He ain't a bum. No, He was my he, favorite. I called him. I said, he's going to be the best quarterback in that draft class. He Now in the league, it's hard to find them, but if you want to have one of these top guys, they gotta move. Like at mi- at minimum, they have to move like Mahomes, and you want them to move like Allen and Lamar. Like if you don't have a guy that can extend some plays against these defenses, you're gonna be limited in sure. your ability to have success. Real quick, I, I just I can't help myself to take this detour,
1: but you mentioned your brother, Bears. It, it doesn't he do a he does a Bears podcast, correct? He lives in Connecticut. Yeah. You grew up in Maine. I, I wonder like you're a Bulls fan, and we've talked about the Bulls several times on this show. But yeah, we, but we don't talk about your brother and he he's, he's, a, he's a, a Bears fan, guy. What what got why
2: why are you guys Chicago sports fans with other with other teams? So Connecticut's like a weird space, and maybe nobody will understand that besides like people that live in Connecticut. Um, it's New England people like deep in new England and Vermont Maine, like don't really totally consider Connecticut part of new England. They think it's Mm -hmm. more like New York. There's really a split along the river uh, that runs through Hartford where half the side is Yankees fans, half the side is Red Sox fans. Like it's a common thing where just it's mixed uh, New York, New England. it, It doesn't really have a home. And so, you're limited to some of those teams. Uh, my grandfather grew up a, a Giants fan. There's a lot of old timey Giants fans there uh, from way back in the day. My father uh, was born in the '50s. He grew up a Packers fan uh, when the it really started the Super Bowl started. He he was into that. Um, as my brother explained last night, he was an '80s kid, and so he grew up in the he was watching Packers games with my dad and saw a lot of Walter Payton and just clung to sweetness. And I think you know when you you're kind of in a nomadic sports land situation. Mm -hmm. A lot of it that matters is those big markets being in the, the primetime games, especially in the eighties and nineties. It wasn't the way you have it today where you have red zone channels so you can watch everybody. Like you were limited to what was on sports center on like a Saturday morning that you could see. And what was on, on Sunday, which you didn't have the slate of games. Even you have, you had like one game in the morning, one game in the afternoon. And that was all you had. Um, And so he got a lot of Bears exposure because Chicago's a huge market. And Walter Payne was freaking nasty in the Super Bowl shuffle, and the Bears were cool. So I think he clung to that. Makes sense. Sure. Um, And then uh, in basketball, he's a Rockets fan. Akeem Olajuwon, I think, really uh, stuck with him. He thinks Akeem Olajuwon's the greatest player in the history of the NBA, which I, th- I think there's actually an argument for Akeem. He's up the, there. I think he should be definitely in the top 10. I think you could make an argument for top five of like all around player ever for Akeem. He's convinced me. Akeem's up there. Um, and then for me, I was born in 84. So really I lined up pretty well, like as my kid is with this Josh Allen bills team. Like I was hitting that like kindergarten. Jordan. During, yeah. And Michael Jordan, dude, Michael Jordan. I love the bills collectively. Nothing like I, I'm a real big basketball fan. I played more basketball than I did football growing up. Uh, but the bills is the greatest me. Like that's my ultimate drug of choice. But as a kid, dude michael jordan my room was covered in cutouts anything michael jordan i had the coolest freaking dude to ever exist in the sports ecosphere like he was everything to me as a kid the greatest athlete ever couldn't do anything wrong michael jordan if you were my age in the 90s in the way uh capitalism was exploding globally and how big these guys were like we had you'll understand because you were a little older than me at the time but Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Jackson and music like the, These people were larger than life. Absolutely. Like you couldn't ever t- turn on the TV without seeing them. And I it, I was totally hook, line and sinker.
1: When he made when Michael made his video, and add Jordan. in GM. It was one of the, it was one of the greatest oh things God. ever. You know, it, to this day, I mean, my whole life of watching any sport, I think of the Chicago Bulls and I was a huge Bulls fan. I wasn't before and I haven't been since. But that team, they were like rock stars, man. I've never seen a team in any sport that's been like i said uh, like a uh, like the beatles of sports more than that yeah. maybe as an individual wayne gretzky was there when i was a kid hockey wise with with Michael, but I'm talking about as a team, like the Bulls. It was just like a
2: collection. Some of, of my uh, like core, fundamental childhood, like best nostalgia boosting memories are like Marv Albert calls on a Saturday playoff yeah. game in June, where it's just like everybody in the world is watching the Bulls to see if they can continue this run. And dude, the last dance is like so much content, and mm-hmm. I re-watch that once a year at least like yeah. I, that nostalgia drug in my brain i can't get enough i, I love the bulls all right so anyway i, I was just curious <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: going back to this bills game weather you never know i mean put it this way if this game was 42 degrees and not really any win i i would think the bills are going to win Blow this out. game by four or four touchdowns for sure the weather might play a role when it's minus 11 that could be a pain in the ass for anybody so you got that you got, um, like I said, you're getting thrown off kilter a little bit because you're traveling a day early little things. Again, the bills are used to that, but still, you know, it's a potential factor looking forward to a, a game with potentially huge playoff seating um, implications with Cincinnati the following week, all these little things. And then one other thing too, not a huge deal. Cause they've been dealing with this all year, literally, quite literally, but injuries. I mean, you're not going to see much more Saturday for sure. You're, yeah, you're not going to see Boogie Bash. Now, this has not beneficial as we take this, but they're not playing. Mitch Morris isn't playing Saturday. I don't think Boogie Bash playing playing um, Saturday, which, again, I mean, with, uh, with Von Miller out, too, you know, he's part of those, that four-man defensive end rotation. I don't think it's going to hurt them too much against the Bears, so to speak. Mike Love season, I guess, on, on Saturday. Um, Jordan Poyer's hurt, sort of. He's got a knee thing, but he talked to the media yesterday and says he's playing. By the way, I saw a stat today. Not just this year. The Bills have won their last 14 games. or 14 14-0 in games that Jordan Poyer plays. Part of that stat can be overblown. But there's some relevancy in that. I mean, the guy does make plays. So, you know, him being on the field does matter. And you can make an argument that it's not even how great he is. It's how bad the depth that replaces him is when, when he's not on the field. Whether it's Jaquan Johnson or Cam Lewis. I mean, the drop-off is ridiculous. But anyway, Mitch Morse. Yeah, and this is something they've dealt with several times, unfortunately, over the last couple of years. Um, you know, the, the Ryan Bates hopefully could play, and I think he will he will play center if um, if he's going. But do you, do you feel like the Mitch Morse injury, at least this week, really matters? It's it's tough to say because they're playing the goddamn Bears. I mean, let's be honest there.
2: You know, the Bears got a good amount of pressure on Jalen Hurts, and that's a better offensive line than the yeah, Bills true. healthy. So they were were doing some new things. I think they are trending in the right direction. So the thing that concerns me about no Mitch Morse is communication along the offensive line. I don't love that. He's really good at that. And just anything that leads to less protection for Josh Allen is a concern for me in a game like this where people are trying to put some stuff on tape, right? They're trying to make that play. Everybody wants to get to Josh Allen and bring him down. Like, that looks great on film if you can do that or get him on the edge. So these are the types of games where... You don't really want to expose Josh any more than you have to, you know, you can use him in this weather, uh, but you want to pick your spots, right? You don't want to rely on that. You, I don't want to see this be a game where Josh Allen is running for his life at the, every time he gets his third step on the drop where he's just got to break the pocket and run for his life. I don't want to see that kind of stuff. I, I need to see, um, cleaner pockets for him to be able to get the ball out quick into his playmaker's hands. And that will be impacted if Mitch Morris isn't there. He's, it's him and Dawkins, right, that are anchoring this offensive line. And then you're really just, like, slap and spackle together to put something else out there and then hoping that Josh Allen can do enough to extend plays. I said it yesterday. They, uh, somebody, I think Matt Perino had posted Roger Saffold's Instagram where they Josh got all those guys' scooters, really nice scooters. And I've been saying for, like, the last three years, those dudes need to bundle up, like, get together and buy Josh something freaking real nice, like a <laughs> boat or something, because that dude makes them look so much better. Then this sure, offensive absolutely. line performs every single week. The way he extends plays, he breaks the pocket. This offense is so heavily reliant on him week in and week out. And that's, I understand when you're playing top tier teams, right? The bills have had a tough schedule this year, so that's okay. Have issues with tough teams and rely on Josh in those situations. But in a game like this against that much inferior opponent along every absolute front, lean on Devin Singletary, lean on James Cook, get short passing game going get some of these guys rolling work some guys in take some of the pressure off josh in a game like this so that you don't put on that high mileage because we're going to need this guy to win those games and put the team on his back against the Bengals going yes. forward against the Ch- chiefs right
1: yeah you don't you don't need him to do to play like he had to against
2: miami last week to get a win no. you know
1: you don't you don't want him to have to do that against, uh, against those days the i guess they should be over there. those are
2: 2019 days where you are playing against bad teams even last year they had josh had to have big performances against like the falcons and the panthers like you got to be past that where you just go in you take care of business and you stay healthy
1: yeah i agree and i agree 100 percent about the offensive line by the way like yeah. if case Keenan was the quarterback of this team right now this offensive line would be getting put to task pretty much every uh every single week and if you want to know mitch morris's significance to this team uh he was one of four pro bowlers named uh, on wednesday too it was uh Mitch Morris and Jordan Poyer, both for the first time, and then Josh Allen and and Stephon Diggs. Look, the Pro Bowl me don't mean shit. In fact, I don't even think they're playing a game anymore. But I'll say this. Now, because they're not playing a game, like, when they were playing a game, nobody wanted to be in the Pro Bowl. So, like, being the fifth alternate, like, there would end up being 100 Pro Bowlers around the league because people would decline the invitation or they'd get hurt or whatever and didn't play, and then someone else would be named. And technically, that's a Pro Bowler. You know what I mean? Yeah. In this case, they're not even playing a game. So, if you're a Pro Bowler... This is like a legit all-star team. You know what I mean right now? Although fans at least have some say in it. Although Tua was a leading fan uh, vote-getter and didn't even end up making the roster anyway. But uh, I don't know. Your thoughts on those four guys making the Pro Bowl? And by the way, I'll list these off too. First alternates were Deion Dawkins, Dawson Knox, Milano, and Edmonds. And then second were Saffold and Bass. And a bunch of, uh, you know, after that, there was like third and fourth alternates, whatever. Roger Saffold being second. No comment. But anyway, the four Pro Bowlers, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, yeah, totally fine. I do that. Milano got robbed. Everybody knows it. Um, the way they list linebackers and edges needs to change in every facet, even in statistics, the way we uh, choose who is who and where they line up. We need to stop that. Um, and, and so that's a bummer. I think Milano should be starting. Uh, But here's my thing, too. They got rid of the actual Pro Bowl, so let's get rid of the whole thing like whatever there's some guys greg mentioned to me there's some guys that have the contract incentives that they hit and if they make the pro bowl that's a contract incentive but maybe we would find another way to pay those out they should just add more all pro teams and just have all like teams one through four or whatever for the all pro Mm -hmm. and call that good and have the ap vote let's get the fans out of it nobody cares um what the fans think have you know, writers and peers or whatever come up with a vote and it be all pro, and then that's where it's at, and your contract incentives are based on that. But get rid of the Pro Bowl; nobody cares. Um, I, I take that back. I saw a video the Washington Commanders put out where awesome Ron video. Rivera was sharing with guys that made the Pro Bowl, and for a team like that, who's had probably a lot of noise because their owner's a complete piece of shit, and they have to deal with all that within those buildings I think people forget you know you talked about Stefan Diggs and what a good person he is off the field but I also think people forget how hard these guys work and that not all of them are your Stephon Diggs and your Josh Allens and stuff like that like some of these dudes are undrafted and have a hard battle to get even get on a team yep. one of those guys for them a special teamer made the Pro Bowl a special teamer he finally Reeves, got on a team yeah, yeah Reeves and like you could see the other players' faces when he told them that he was on the, he made it. And they're like, wow, like good for him. And then when he made it, and the moment, like, dude, I teared up watching him yeah. just break down and cry. And the amount of work, a lifetime of work that goes into that. You've seen it with your kid getting into college, like that amount of sacrifice and work that everyone in your whole family and everyone surrounding you puts in. And for that moment to, to it, for it to be appreciated, the Pro Bowl does mean something to people still. So I don't want to talk right. like that, but right, as a right, fan, right. we could get rid of it.
1: Reeves, I saw um, I saw a graphic. This guy was like released and, and signed to a practice squad like 10,000 times. And real quick too, I can relate to that because I am very close to Damone Harris, who yep. is a Buffalo kid. Um, he was undrafted. He, he was signed to the Tampa practice squad, went bouncing around back and forth, went to the Baltimore practice squad. Got signed to the Chiefs practice squad, got elevated to the roster. I know the trials and tribulations this kid's been yeah. through on and off the field. So I'll never forget to this day, I got Terry Eyed. They won the Super Bowl the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. He was on the active roster. He played. And he played like four steps. And there was a photo of him with the tinkers, you know, all the tape on the field doing snow angels with them on the field after the game, smile on his face. I got still got the picture. And a lot of people would say, Well, the kid played three plays. I'm like, He's a Super Bowl champion. and You have no idea what he went through to, uh, to get there. So, yeah, man, some of these moments that these guys get accolades and, and, or championships and trophies and stuff, it's awesome to see him much deeper than most people could uh, imagine. Anyway, real quick here, too. So, Josh Allen, and then I want to get to our, our medal stand. I think based on the Miami game and just based on his totality of work this year, I think he's right back in this MVP mix. And I know some people don't give a shit. But yeah. If you care, if that's your thing. Do you, do you agree? Do you think he's right back in it with three weeks to go? Yeah. I mean, they got the Bengals. So if he goes on, he plays well, and they beat the Bengals, you could make a case, hey, for and by the way, oh, AFC Player of the Week again, Offensive Player of the Week. I think that's his third time this year. Yeah, those are getting old. He just he just. just in but the garage. It's ridiculous. Those, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you're a three-time AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Your numbers look fantastic. You beat Patrick Mahomes on the road. And then you go I mean, and you beat, you beat everybody. Joey, and then you go beat Joey Burr on the road potentially. I'm them. talking about um, right.
2: They beat all the division leaders. They beat they all the division seen, right?
1: leaders. I mean, he went through a, a you know a, a three or four week, um, stretch where he didn't play that well by especially by his standards. But the team so. I think still to won. some extent, pretty much all quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, I think, would have been the heavy favorite, but now he's hurt. He's probably out for the rest of the regular season. So you're missing the last three games. I think it's Mahomes and Allen right now. I really, don't, I think Mahomes is the edge right now, but I think, I think Burrow, Allen can overtake him if Burrow wins out. Maybe. Yeah, may, yeah, yeah. You know what? I should put him in there too. I mean, he beat Mahomes as well, and, and then if he goes, and beats Josh Allen and plays well. So yeah, I think it's a three horse race. But I think Josh Allen is very he's definitely much in
2: back it. in it. Yeah, I mean, and I don't care about the MVP. Actually, how I hope it plays out is Mahomes or Burrow wins it. I I don't care about the individual awards, and I think that'll just piss Josh Allen off to do another like superhero. Playoff run if he doesn't win the MVP or if it's close and he gets some votes, like I hope he gets some votes because I do think he needs to be acknowledged as one of the best three players in the NFL right now. Um But I don't want him. I don't care about the individual success. I just want a championship. Be the Super Bowl MVP. That's cooler. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I, you know I what mean? I mean? Like
2: that's, that's I what want I wanted to I want. be MVP though. I, I just yeah, no. I want it for him. Him. some cool shit, man. It's cool that our guy is even in it every single year, right? And I think that's going to be the way that Aaron Rodgers was in it every year for twelve years. Like I think. Josh Allen, barring any health stuff, I think he'll be in this conversation in December every single year.
1: Plus one other thing too, and all due respect to the ninety percent of Bills fans who are awesome. If Josh Allen does win out and he plays well and he's deserving and he doesn't win MVP, I man, Twitter might be an insufferable wasteland for yeah, uh, whatever. For, for 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 a nice stretch. Anyway, you're right. Um, big game on it's Saturday. Good it'll piss Josh off. We want mm-hmm. that. Big game on Saturday only because, not for the division anymore, because I feel like that's pretty much an and, not officially, but I still think it's a big game because the Bills went out, they get home field advantage for the playoffs. That's big. If they win two of the last three and and one of them's against Cincinnati, they're going to get the second seed for the playoffs. So, And that's big too, Aaron, because even if you you can't land a one, like say if they slip once, say it's against the Bears or the Patriots, they could slip on one of those games but beat the Bengals being number two does yeah. matter because you're talking two home playoff games. And if you have to play the Bengals, because I think whoever's not the two will be the three, if Kansas City's the one, if that's the way it plays out, you want to play in Buffalo. So I do think it's uh, – I, I think Cincinnati is very important. I think all three of these games matter because you want to be the two. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get to our medal stand. For new viewers, new listeners, every week Aaron and I do a medal stand. Basically, I take two topics, and we award medals. Bronze, silver, and gold. So basically, we're kind of more or less ranking our favorite three things of something. This week, again, being two days before Christmas, this is a no-brainer. We're going to do Christmas movies, and we're going to do Christmas songs. We're going to put those on the stand. Let's start with uh, Christmas movies real quick, though. Before I turn this to you and and you pick yours, I tried really hard this year. I think I've watched 11 Christmas movies for 2022. There's none that are classics. Like there's none that I think five, 10 years from now people are going to watch and talk about a lot, maybe a Christmas story, Christmas, the sequel to a Christmas story. Maybe, but I don't think it's that good. Like a lot of people don't think a Christmas story is that good. We'll find out if you agree in a second here. Um, a couple decent ones. The one with Lindsay Lohan fall for Christmas was decent, but yeah, there's 2022 no classic Christmas movies to be found. Anyway, on that note, um, I'm going to turn it over to you. Put them on the metal stand. Favorite Christmas movies.
2: So this, obviously, just like all my metal stands, this is a subject to change year in and year out because I have some takes out sure. there of uh, where I have these things ranked year in and year out. It's where I'm at right now in the moment when Pat asks me I agree. my metal stand. Same, but for, same. for movies, it pretty much rotates these three kind of hang out. And in bronze this year, I have The Santa Claus, the first one. Tim Allen freaking love it uh it it hits up exactly with that same age we were talking about as a kid I, I forget what year it came out maybe like 93 or something like that it was early 90s hits really home for me in the nostalgia uh number two this one's actually one that um I did not watch a ton as a kid on the silver here uh it is Christmas vacation. Chevy Chase's Christmas vacation. My parents were more Christmas story. I feel like people are pretty split on these two particular movies. Like you were either a Christmas story person or you're a Christmas vacation person. And Uh I actually like them both. I like both movies, but my wife's family is very much Christmas vacation people. And that's their, like what they watch on every Christmas Eve with the family, Uh They say the lines over and over again. And honestly, it's grown on me as I've become part of that family. And it, kind of merged our traditions i think it's the top three just its own the references in pop culture of christmas from that movie are so great like i think that it has to be up there just from a pop culture standpoint and then this year my number one uh which has not been my gold medalist in any or my number one in any power rankings ever until this year is elf elf is An absolute fantastic movie. It is one that you can watch with every single age that is funny. It's laugh out loud funny. Like the Santa Claus feels cool. It's a cool rendition of Christmas and that story of Santa Mm -hmm. Claus. There's not a ton of like where everybody on the couch is giggling and laughing and elf has that. It's family friendly. It hits all the Christmas vibes. It's well written and it holds up over time. It is an absolute classic. So I think it always deserves to be in the top three. And this year it's taken over my number one dude. My, six-year-old and four-year-old laugh harder when he's in the shower uh or in the locker room and singing and they're singing and she like screams and he covers his eyes and runs into the locker that alone <laughs> but blasted it to gold for me here this year so it's a, it's a fun one and uh it makes me feel old because i always felt like that's like a newer christmas movie but now it is not a newer christmas movie. yeah it's, it's like not an old new classic. anymore yeah, right? no. you
1: are you are getting old yeah. um I want to point out to people too. I, I give Aaron these topics. I don't know what he's going to say until you say it. So I'm learning what your picks are, just as everyone watching and uh, and listening are. Honorable mention: Santa Claus, the first one. Anyway, I thought the Santa Claus two was not good, but t- I'm not a big Tim Allen fan. Love that. Also, Just Friends. I'm going to give honorable mention to. Okay. Never thought of that as a Christmas movie, but people keep pointing it out. There's a lot of shit that's going on. Holidays. Not going to get in a movie because we're kind of short on time here. But anyway. That's my honorable mention. My bronze, The Preacher's Wife, which I just watched for the first time last year, believe it or not. Was that on my recommendation? It It was on your recommendation. It's such a good movie. Love that movie. Whitney Houston, Denzel Washington. What a feel-good movie, man. A very emotional movie. I I love that movie, man. So that's going to be my bronze. The streak is over because we have not picked something that was the same in at least a couple weeks now. My silver is also National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So awesome. I agree with you on that. My gold probably has always been my gold, or at least for several years now, Scrooge. I, I just love Scrooge. Oh, I love it. That be an honorable mention for me. Bill Murray was so good back in those days, man. He was on top of the game. He was one of the best. So, I love My, Scrooge. Our
2: producer on Cover One Buffalo, Chris Kepner. Uh, he's on a movie run right now. He's got a little this kid, a little bit younger than me, and he was doing kind of what we have done over the past few years of like going on a run. And he asked me about Scrooge. He hadn't seen it since whatever twenty years ago or so. And he's like, he didn't, I didn't love it then, but I love Bill Murray. I was like, dude, if you love Bill Murray, like it's, it's such a weird movie because like as a kid, it scared me, and it's it's so mm-hmm. well done. But at the end is so feel good.
3: It that might be the not. best
2: version of the Christmas Carol feel good part. Another honorable mention, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it the night before, that's not a family uh, Christmas movie. It's the Seth Rogen. I've and seen the that. Dude from third rock from the sun. I've seen that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is to me, laugh out loud, funny every single time. So over the top hilarious, not a family one, but that's, we watch when the kids go to bed every Christmas Eve, we watch that one.
1: My, my one, must My one necessity on a Christmas movie is you got to feel good. I, I want to feel good when it's over. You know, J- Jack Frost, I remember it with Michael Keaton. Pretty good movie, but I'm like, the dude fucking died. He comes yeah. back, and he's haunting his son. It's weird. I, I can't get down with that nah. shit. Anyway, all right, so now we're on to our uh, favorite Christmas songs. Floor's yours. This is going to be hard, by the way. This is hard. this is not
2: easy. The Christmas songs, so this one's not super hard for me. Um, Again, I think I kind of rotate here at the top lately anyway um and for christmas songs i do think people should look into some of the newer stuff there there's a lot of great new stuff over the last three four years uh but for the bron- bronze i'm going with which is actually probably the best actual song on this list and you could listen to it any time of the year uh is this christmas by donny hathaway that's an absolute banger like that donny have Hath- and anything to do with donny hathaway i'm probably biased there that uh he's just special to me and that's a very good song. Number two, uh, this is a battle that I go kind of back and forth. Two on every year. Silver. This is your silver, silver, sorry, silver. Yep. Um, my silver medal goes to underneath the tree by Kelly Clarkson. Love that song. Um, Love Kelly Clarkson. And this every year, gold and silver. I battle back and forth. Gold is all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah. I think those are, there's two powerhouse <laughs> feel good, get you vibing for Christmas songs. And I think that's the Queens of Christmas battling and out at the top every year.
1: I'll tell you this right now, man. Kelly Clarkson is modern, but she sounds old school. Like her yeah. song is going to be around 50 uh, years ago. Honorable Mention, Stevie Wonder, Someday at Christmas and Wham! Last Christmas. Jingle Ball Rock, too. I like that. My Bronze, old classic, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. I like that song a lot. Silver, Oh Holy Night, but it's the Celine Dion version. I think it's the best version ever of that song. And God damn, she just absolutely crushes it. My gold, again, didn't I know you were going to say that? My gold, Donny Hathaway, this Christmas. That's my gold. It's my favorite Christmas song. And I'll give you one real quick. It's a beautiful that song. Donny Hathaway, for me, is my favorite male vocalist of all time. More oh. than Stevie Wonder, more than Marvin Gaye, more than uh, Smokey Robinson. Who I, I love Smokey. I yeah. think Donny Hathaway had the best voice. So tragic how life um, came to an end a for him in short. But anyway, man, that was... Uh, all right, so we agreed on two things. We agreed on the Look silver for, for Christmas. Must be the occasion. Christmas season. <laughs> must be. All right, guys. Follow Aaron Quinn on Twitter at Aaron Quinn 716 You guys are weather pending. If you don't lose, if everyone
2: doesn't lose power, you're going
1: to uh, do a post game for the Bears on Christmas Eve?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we'll on. be here for Christmas Eve, most most likely. I'll have a generator, at least. You so might hear it in the background. I'll be running something. We'll <laughs> be up and running.
1: All right, guys. Make sure you check that out. Um, be safe. The weather is going to suck. How bad it gets will remains to be seen, but it's going to get shitty. So, so be safe. And again, enjoy Christmas, man. Take it for what it's supposed to be. And uh, thank you, man. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you, Aaron. You, and, uh, I'll be back next week. Brand new episodes. Take care, guys.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?